Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Just somewhat structure for us to uh, start in tonight. A couple of test questions um, for us to get started. Uh, What have we had? Uh, We had three sessions of Galatians so far, right? I think three sessions. I think this is the fourth. Uh, Fourth one uh, is for tonight. Uh, Paul claimed to have gotten the gospel of Jesus Christ differently than many other people have gotten it. Uh, He received it, he understood it in a little bit different way than other people understood the gospel. What was that way? Yes? Oh, just blurt it out. Get an A on the exam. Well, go, go ahead there, Daryl. Yeah, I, I heard that a couple of other places too, and they were right uh, too, okay? And, and, and I'm, and I'm uh, glad you, you have that, okay? Because that's unique uh, for uh, Paul, and especially in Galatians. Why did he bring that up? Well, now I'm starting to get tough questions now. Why did he bring that up, that he received this from God? That's a tough one. I know. Okay, come on. Somebody want? Go ahead. These guys are right. They get, they're getting it up here. Okay. All right. If, could you hear? No. Can you speak louder? Uh, <laughs> I don't have a mic for you. To authenticate his apostleship. Yeah. And she, she brought up that his past, which I thought was very good, by the way, was not the same that he... No. His meaning of Jesus was the risen, resurrected... Jesus Christ. And that's, I think, why Paul, every once in a while in his writings, he'll just say Christ. Uh, Anyway, I I think that's why. We all day. That's that's really nice, okay? All right. Uh, We are in uh, sixth chapter, verse one, I think, is where we're at tonight. Oh, and and we, we know that this is not a letter to a church. This is a letter to the region. How they got it out there, it is not all that clear. One place, uh, well, you would think that it's going to be copied and then sent out later, but I don't know. And there may be a, like a bishop of that area that will make sure that the rest of the churches get it. I do not know how they did that. We don't have that information, um, at least in our in our text, okay? Now, we have already done the really 
uh, theological lifting. We'll do some more uh, tonight as a conclusion, as Paul concludes the letter. Uh, but so we, we've already uh, done a lot of the uh, theolo theological and uh, the, the, the main battle, I think, in the letter for us to get is it, it is not the law that gets us saved. And you have the law over here. That'll come up again a little later. Uh, and, and the number one problem then, as soon as you say that to somebody, is you have some people that want to move toward what we call libertinism. Okay. And Paul wanted to fight that as well. Okay. So if you, if you don't have the law to follow, and you know that you can go quite awry, <laughs> thank you. If you don't have that, and then you can leak over maybe into libertinism, okay? What he's going to do is... And we can't call it law, okay? But I think we could say that he's going to make some suggestions on how you actually live your life. To take the abstract and try to make it a little more concrete uh, for, for us to act upon, okay? So that's what we will, uh, the, the first part of this chapter, it will be a list of, of things. And what are there? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven things there uh, of his of his suggestions. Okay. Okay. Number one is restore the fallen. Okay. Let's let's read it. Oh, by the way, one of our commitments. Uh, uh, I don't know whether we're going to break it when we do Habakkuk or not, but one of our commitments. And this is, is like we're going to read every word of the book of Galatians in our class time. Every word of it so far has been read. We only have one more chapter to go, and we'll read that in our class time. If we don't do that, we'll come back next week and do it. Okay? Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin... You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Uh, out of all the things that I think are so wonderful to do, and there's many, many things that are wonderful to do, but if you meet a Christian one of your fellow brothers and sisters is really struggling and maybe has already sinned quite a bit and you get them help to, to restore that relationship with Jesus Christ, then that is one of the most wonderful things to do if you can do that. It's not easy, but if you get that opportunity to do that, and you successfully do that. I mean, the person got the relationship back, maybe was even out of fellowship, maybe somewhat, and they got back into the fellowship or however that is expressed in their life. If you can do that, I think it's one of the most 
wonderful and rewarding things that can happen. If you haven't caught on yet, our job, especially as Christians and in the church, is to help people along their journey. Not your journey. Or not the journey you think they ought to be on. But to help them along their journey. Now that is understanding that you've been saved and that God the creator has a life created especially for you that only you can live. It, 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 it comes believing, and, and that's what I believe, okay? And sometimes we don't know what that path is, but, but, but we try to work hard at figuring out what that path is that God has created for me to be on. When someone can help you in that way, that's a wonderful thing. I talked to the pastor, it's been a week ago, just when we were chatting, you may not even remember it, okay? But I, I had looked back, and, and um, this not being too critical, it's because don't tell you, I don't do this very, I, you know, I don't feel guilty very long, okay? Yeah, yeah, it's not good for you, and so I just don't do it. But, but I, I looked back, and I saw the many good people that came into my life that wanted to help me a lot more than I was able to let them. And the problem is, I was insecure and guarded. I just want to put that out there for you and try to treat other people with such, if you know that, to try to treat other people with such respect and honor that they don't feel in any way at all that you are putting them down or that you're better than they are. And that's what this warning is here is if you do that, you be gentle. You are not a know-it-all. I know you think you do, but you don't. But be gentle and watch yourself. Watch yourself. Or you also may be tempted. Yeah, you, 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 don't, you don't get beyond that. You don't get beyond that, okay. And uh, sin, the, the word itself means missing the mark. That's what the word means, to miss. So the archman has drawn the bow back. He's taken aim. He lets the arrow fly, but the arrow sins. means it missed the mark for some reason. Maybe the wind velocity, maybe a faulty string, maybe in the wood, might be in the arrow feather, whatever, whatever it is, that's the sin. That's the sin, miss the mark. And we want every one of our brothers and sisters to hit their mark. That's what we want. All right? So that's the, that first one. Now, I'm, I've, I wanted to talk to you a little bit, so but you guys bust in any time now to, with comments or uh, you want to talk about that. But that's the first one there, and I think that's, well, you get a chance to do that, or you do that with humility, 
And on the other side, then take a deep breath. Oh, thank you, Lord. I mean, I, I can't imagine you feeling any better than that, that you might have helped, helped someone along their, their path. Yeah. Okay, that's the first suggestion. That's a good one, isn't it? That's a good one from Paul, right? That's a good one. Okay. Oh, uh, <clears throat> I wanted to, uh, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, I've, uh, to me it sounds like the, the woman caught in adultery. Okay. Uh, but this isn't really the same category here. This is a little bit different. This is a lapse or, let me see, a slip. This is a lapse or a slip here. It's not like intentional adultery or something like that. Okay. I mean, it could be, but not necessarily. Okay, let's go to our next one. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Well, what would the law of Christ be here? What would that, what would that be? I'm sorry? Yes. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Christ's major work while on this earth was what? Go to the cross. Go to the cross. That's the major work. Go to the cross. Why does he go to the cross? For me. He bore my sin by going to the cross. He bore, this is the major activity of God to bear someone else's sin. Okay, that's what Jesus does. That's what he does. Go ahead. Yeah. But in verse in verse five, each one must carry his own load. Yes. <laughs> so there's a difference between yes. a burden and a load. She's reading the head on me, isn't she? That's good. That's good. And that'll be a fine distinction, but you gotta make it. You got you gotta make it. Okay. Uh I've went to funerals and um and say lead funeral. Uh, I don't even know how to say that. You know, but be the do the speaking. Okay, have the job to do do the speaking. I've been to those uh, funerals, and uh, and the 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 one I'm thinking about right sticks was a suicide uh, that I'm thinking about now. And the, the grief was just enormous. Not for me. I knew the person, knew them somewhat well. But all these other people were grieving. And I had the distinct feeling, and my prayer was, 
if I could just bear some of this grief away for them. I don't know if it's impossible. I don't even know if you can do that or not. But that was one of the feelings I had during that time. And that's what I think. You know, if you can, if you can help someone by taking part of their load, just lighten it for a little bit for them. What a wonderful thing you're doing for the healing of this world. What a wonderful thing you would be doing. And look, go ahead, Joan. Right. Try to help take it away from. And the other thing is, again, who's the important person there? The other. The other becomes the most important person there. Can you help the other? You know, and it'll maybe take your eyes off yourself for a minute and put them on others, especially when you try to understand them in their experience. Uh, that uh, work on that. Barry, can I just yeah, say that? Well, sure. One of the biggest burdens people carry is the weight of their sin or the guilt of that sin. That sacrifice, that burden lifted, and that's he came and he literally gave me a message that carried my burden. That's yeah, great. Yeah, uh, just understanding there that yeah, was a it's huge, just understanding. So, bear away if you can, others uh, grief. Um, all right, the next, next one is this number three. As I used the word hubris there, and, and that's not a word everybody uses all the time. I know that, but I really did work at trying, the, the one that was in the, uh, another, was a word that was this long, <laughs> which I'd never heard before, you know. Oh, he said, well, you, well, you, somebody go say something down here. Okay, uh, so... And I've been picking, uh, using that, uh, where I got that word was from, from uh, a book from Good to Great. You might have heard, that, heard of that book. It was used in Good to Great because one of the, the things that CEOs do quite frequently is when things go, are going good, they think things will always go good. And so they get this built in to who they are and that kind of thing. And it causes them real problems in the future, uh, just not uh, staying humble. Okay, but, but, but you can see it in here. If, if someone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. I mean, it seems like it's so obvious. You wouldn't even need to state that, but let's state it anyway, okay? Uh, you deceive yourself. You don't have to tell everybody everything. You know, you know that? Go like this, yeah. 
And there are certain things you don't need to burden other people with. They don't want to air, hear you air your dirty underwear laundry to them. They don't want to hear that, you know. So, but here's the thing. You should never deceive yourself. You may have to do that with other people now and again, especially like the pastor mentioned shame a while ago, some, you know, that kind of thing. You may have to do that, but you should never do it to yourself. Don't fool yourself. Whatever you do, don't lie to yourself, okay? Whatever you do, don't lie to yourself. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, uh, Sharon just popped ahead of you, so go back. Oh. Uh, but I'm just saying, Barry, that a deceived person doesn't know he's deceived. If, if you is deceived, then you'll be able to correct yourself. Excellent. Excellent, Pastor. What I wanted to do tonight was to bring out the idea, and I wasn't sure where to, I wanted to bring it out, but, I, but it's not, you, you brought it up. It, yeah, yeah, is, is that idea not to deceive yourself because you can't get away with that. <laughs> because in the future will come what I call the correction of reality. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about reality. Reality takes care of itself. That's why we call it reality. There is coming, a, a, and that's going to come up again in the future. Yeah, but I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you, you might deceive yourself for a short time, but there's coming the correction of reality. Okay. I might think I'm 26 when I wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> But at 9 o'clock, I realize <laughs> I am not 26. I have the correction of reality now. <laughs> Jerry, sometimes I'm slow to pick up on these things. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, so so, so you, you, you just don't want to get all puffed up and believe some of the lies you've been telling yourself. Each one should test, there's that reality, should test their own actions. Are my actions getting me where I want to go? It's a great question to ask yourself now and again. Are my actions getting me to where I want to go? Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone. You say, well, yes, they are. That's for you. You take pride in yourself then. I got that right. Without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Now, let's come back. Now, this is, that, that, yeah, we're, it sounds like we're going to split hairs here is what it sounds like. We're going, but in some ways, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't give it to somebody else to do your life. You cannot give that to somebody else to do or to live for you. You have to do that yourself. 
And it's your burden to find out what that is between you and God. And which pastors do really well here, they talk about, it's, it's a relationship. So it's out of that relationship you find out who you are. And then you live that life. You, you find out where, where you are. Uh, then you can take pride in yourself without comparing yourself to other people. You, just don't do that. Then be, you become competitive. How many are competitive? That's me. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry's going to say it. You've got to watch yourself, Amen. You've got to stop comparing yourself to other people. Because along with that, usually becomes a green monster called envy. Well, boy, that's a nasty thing that is to have around. Oh, gosh. I was bit with that one time for a period. Well, I'm, I'm, obviously, we, we talk about that all the time, but, but I was bit with that for a one time. Thank God I w was running and walking with Leonard Kintz. He's still alive. And he was just a great, I, I could talk to him. And he, well, he could talk to me. And we, we became quite close. And he probably, you know, he kind of helped me th through, through that. I don't know if he knew he was helping me or not, but he sure was. He helped me through that. And I laid a lot of that to, to rest. And I'm no longer going to breathe life into that demon. You know, who needs that, you know? But that's what, just realize you're, this is all about you and your relationship with Jesus Christ, not about somebody else and what they're doing, you know? What was, what was, that, what was that passage? Well, well, what about him? Don't worry about him. I think that's in John toward, toward the end of it. You, you know what passage I'm talking about, you know? You know or so we... Don't, well, don't worry about him. You got, you got your hands full. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Without comparing themselves to someone else, for each should carry his own burden. And that's uh, there are just certain things people can't do for you. You got to do that for yourself. Like live Barry. That's my job. <laughs> that's my job. You got your own job. Okay. I got my job. All right, let me see. The correction of reality. Don't forget that's out there. That'll come up again later, by the way. We are special things. Okay, next one's about teachers. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with the instructor. Wait, what am I, I going to do with that? Yeah. <laughs> on, Monday, on Monday morning. Oh. That was always a job. That's always a job. You, because you get up Monday. You know that old Greek story where the guy rolls a rock up the hill, great big rock up the hill? And then it rolls back down. He's got to go down and roll it up. That's what you feel like when you're a pastor and you got to preach. Yeah. We just preach Sunday. Well, yeah, I know, but got Sunday coming. Yeah, I got Sunday. Sunday's <laughs> a coming. Yeah. 
When guys would ask me, I was in seminary, I was still pastor in the church, and I was considerably older than they, they were. So they'd always ask me, where do you get sermons at? I said, sermons are where you find them. They're just where, sometimes you get them up a tree, and sometimes you get them out of the sunshine. I don't know where they come from, but boy, they got to be there. <laughs> I was really helpful one night. I was really helpful to these guys, you know. <laughs> Are we going to pick on her for? No, no. We'll be sweet and gentle. That's what we're going to be. We're going to be sweet and gentle. Because we know you got a job. Uh, yeah, but uh, I was thinking about Paul uh, teaching here at uh, Antioch is really what I'm, I don't know what he exactly all he had in mind here, but I was thinking about him teaching Antioch because he was a perfect fit for that place. And he taught there for quite some time. And I, I always thought that's where, that's where he was. And if he, if he uh, didn't have any support, he would support himself with tent making. But as soon as he could quit that, uh, he, would, he would quit that and uh, spend full time. So, okay. All right. Oh, yeah, uh, the, uh, uh, not a criticism, but an understanding of this is we're talking about early on in church history, you already had some way in which to take care of the teachers. That's important here, okay? It's not something that just blatant here, but this is early in church history. You already got uh, a way to support uh, pastors and teachers, um, and, and that it is expect, expected to do so, okay? Verse 6, 7 and 8. I get, now we're talking about don't deceive yourself. <clears throat> do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whether he sows to please their flesh or from the flesh will reap, oh, if, however, whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. And there are just certain things you, you can't change in the world, okay? If you have wheat and you put this in the ground, if it comes up, it's going to be wheat. It's not going to be barley. It's not going to be rice. It will be wheat. Because you reap what you sow. That's a guarantee, right? Jesus understood this. He understood this clearly. When the devil told him, oh, if you jump off the temple, don't worry about it. God will protect you. And Jesus thinking, well, no, there's, there's gravity. And God will probably not turn off gravity for me. But gravity will cause you problems. If you don't work with it, it'll cause you problems. Okay. There are just certain things that are built into reality there are certain things that cannot be bent, certain things that can be bent, but certain things that can't be bent, okay? 
And you, know, you just got, and Paul knew this, okay? Now, don't deceive yourself, think you, think you can. Uh, that will get you into trouble. Uh, again, the correction of reality. So here's how I, I try to do this. I can be such a smart aleck about things. At least that's what my wife tells me. So, <laughs> so I got to be nice. I, I really do. I work at being nice. Okay. And so, so a person tells you this long and drawn out story here and it's a little on the goofy side. And, and so you say, well, what do you say? You know, that's the first thing. Well, what do you say to that? You know, how's that working out for you? How's that working out for you? When you start taking into account, how's that working out? What, where is this taking me? What is this doing to me? And you deal with the correction of reality. That's what you want to do. Deal with the correction of reality. Okay. Uh, that's seven and eight. Okay, verse nine. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, I don't know how this, they even know this, okay? But they say that the person that doesn't reach their goal generally stops just before they would have realized it. Generally, stop. If they don't reach their goal, they generally stop just uh, prior. It's just around the corner from them when they stop. Try not to quit doing good, thinking that it does you no good to do good. Can you get that? Yeah. Because at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And this... The real key there is the proper time. Because very often we have a different kind of time schedule than God has. And so because it doesn't meet our particular criteria for the time, that's me, you know, I'm, I get impatient and, and I get the spitting and the sputtering around and that kind of thing. And it's just... And I never find myself being right when I do that. You ever, you ever get that? You, you kind of get indignant and you, you think you know the timing of things ought to be this way. And, <laughs> and I rarely am right at when, I, when I do that. Rarely, you know, because God's timing is, is perfect and mine is not. And sometimes you you need to you need to wait on him. Yes.
Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want that, what, what this is warning, we don't want that person to think, well, because I don't have that house, I'm just going to give up. And no, 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 don't, don't give up on doing good. Don't do that. Keep on there. You're, yeah. All right. Thank you. Um, Verse 10, and I got this start with your family on verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Let us do good. So start at home. Most, maybe for some people, that's the hardest place to start is is at home, okay? Um, but that's, that's where to start, okay? One of, the, one of the things that really changed my approach to my home was to think of myself as a husband, to start thinking of yourself as a husband. And the root of that word is what? Husbandry. And husbandry has to do with animals. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or gar- gardening. Yeah, that's a good another. Yes, but you're but you're doing it for a reason. Well, go ahead. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're doing it for a reason. So. Yeah, 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 and. So I started thinking of myself as a husband. My job then was to get this group of animals across the finish line. Okay. So I'm, I'm now, I'm, I'm not complaining that they are who they are. My job is, regardless of who they are, is to get them from one place to another or whatever. Okay, that, That's my job. Whether I like it or not, that's my job. And, and of course, you, you get started doing things and you get to where you like it. And so I, I like thinking of myself that way uh, rather than a dictator who says this, you know, you all do this and all do that and, and, and that's, you know, that's the way you act. You know, by the way, you have to be here at 6.30 and... Those kinds of, no, no, you don't do that. You got to help them do that. You got to help them do that. Well, you're, you're not here at six thirty. Why aren't you here at six thirty? Can I help you with that? And so you, so you, you can get there on time. Uh, was, whether they go into school or whatever, whatever they're about, uh, or even just uh, practicing, trying to get fit for for athletics. But that, that's what you do. But it, it, it helped me to, st- to start thinking of myself more in the sense of a husband. Uh, and, of course, women are nurturers by nature, just by nature. Uh, 
they, they want to nurture things and help them and help them along. So that, now that, go ahead. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's... Yeah, but but start at home, and then you and then you go out from there. Uh, I, I think it was um, James who says, if a man doesn't take care of his family, he's worse than an infidel. So you can complain to God about your wife and your kids and all that you want. I'm, 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 I know I'm speaking from a man's point of view, okay? I'm, I'm not speaking from a female point of view. You can complain all you want, but it doesn't do you any good. That's yours. That's your family, not another family. That's it. That one's yours. Start there. And if you can't do that, how in the world are you going to help somebody else? You got to do that. Yes. Amen. Okay. Um, go ahead, on. Oh, man. I, now, I haven't been in a lot of churches, okay, because I, I pastored two churches about roughly 20 years each. So I really have not been in a lot of churches, okay. And, uh, but the love I felt when I first stepped into this church uh, was just enormous, and Joan had the same experience. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to bore you to death with that. And I felt like when I heard the pastors, I, re I remember telling Val this pretty early on. I remember telling Val, uh, well, I, and I meant it from the depths of my heart because you, men take a beating in this culture that we're in right now. You know, you're, you know, you're, I don't want to belabor that, but I told her right away, after, I think you probably got done with a sermon or something. So I said, Val, you make it easy to be a man in this church. And I and I and and I and after I heard the pastor uh, Rod speak a couple of times, and I knew he's setting the tone of love in this church, and a great tone it is. And uh, yeah, so I'm saying amen with Joan too. Yeah. Amen. Uh, let, let me ask it this way. How many of you like what you experience in this church in terms of love and stuff? Isn't that something worth sharing with other people if you can? Not everybody's going to appreciate that. Oh, because we instinctively know when we experience love. And you know when you experience love. And that is an experience of God because God is love. Okay? Amen.
All right, now that kind of uh, finishes up the suggestions that Paul has for the church. We did not exhaust them, but we did take a look at them, okay? That's the suggestions. I'm going to call them suggestions, okay? You have, all, you know, like in Ephesians, you have the same sort of thing, you know, where it talks about wives and husbands and, and that kind of thing, okay? You just didn't have that split up that way here. So that that is that. Now we enter into... Uh, the conclusion of the letter uh, is what we enter into now. And let me see. That's verse 11 through 18. We, we got five minutes. We will not finish this. Um, but I think much of this is worth finishing so we'll finish that next week, and if we got time, we'll start Habakkuk. I'm sure we will next week. I'm sure we'll have time to Habakkuk. Again, three chapters. I suggest that you read that at least a couple of times between now and in our time to, to start talking about it, okay? All right, all right. Verse 11. <clears throat> See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Okay? That's Paul. Now, we're, we're, we're not sure of everything he's saying here, okay? We're, again, we're, we're guessing at this. And uh, to me, the easiest way to think about this is the conclusion of his letter is what he's going to write with his own. I don't think he wrote the, the, what we've studied so far with his own hand, okay? But here, he's talking about his own hand, uh, that he's putting to the paper. Why the Lord's letters? We don't know. We're guessing at this. Um, the paragraph, okay. It might be that Paul was not used to using a pen because he, he, he usually dictates his letters. I don't know if you're aware of that. He usually dictates his letters. And that was, I think, his argument to get Onesimus, okay, is because Onesimus could write this down as he, as he talked, okay. But he might not be used to, to the pen and paper. Uh, somebody else might do that. But now that he's got to write, he's doing this clumsy and big, and big letters. I don't know why I always think about he's having to write his name in crayon <laughs> so I, I don't know uh, all the, what he's what he's doing here it could be <clears throat> uh, that uh, Paul's eyes were weakened yeah yeah that I think is one of the more common ones okay uh, Barclay again goes back to the malaria where he's got a blinding headache maybe here uh, the, where his, the, the headache is interfering with his sight, something like a migraine, but he thinks it probably comes from uh, malaria that Paul had uh, bouts with malaria. But any reason, the, the, uh, the last part of this, and one, one of the suggestions, which I actually like too, is that Paul is so passionate about the message he has to get across to these churches that he takes it, he, he takes it in hand and does it himself. Okay, so the the rest of this paragraph, 
will, will be in Paul's own hand as he writes it. Uh, boy, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be stupendous if we had a copy of that? Um, that, that would be just stupendous, I think, to see the difference in the writing of the first part and then the last paragraph and just to know that the difference was Paul's hand. I, I don't know why that wouldn't make a lot of difference to me. I'm not sure. Okay. But, all right. Uh, so, uh, those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. See, he's going back to that same argument. He's going he's to make it again. He, th he thinks this is so important. Okay. And there, these people are trying to, to, by, to impress, by, impress people by means of the flesh. Uh, the only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. So the atmosphere is that if you're a Jew and you add the law to Jesus, that's fine. You just can't not add the law, then you'll be persecuted. Are you, are you get that? Okay. Oh. Okay. It's not Jesus plus. That's, that's the main thing to get out of this. Okay. But Paul is so passionate about this that he's doing this in his own hand. Uh, not even those who are circumcised keep the law. He said, they don't even do it. They can't do it, okay? Uh, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. That, it means that they're, they're accumulating uh, disciples like scalps on their, on their belt. And so... Uh, they uh, come in on Monday morning after Sunday and discuss how many scalps they put on that weekend on their belt, okay? We will come back to this, all right? We're done for tonight. You good? We've had some suggestions. Try to let them soak in, okay? Maria, you official counter here what, what was our what's our time here <laughs> yes <laughs> yes okay it's good to be on the, oh I was late this week to a meeting and I just I you're exactly right pastor it was and then you got to go in late everybody looks oh let's see <laughs> Okay, let's pray together and thank God. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Paul. And we do want some of his inspiration to rub off on us. We want to hear from him. And uh, Lord, we give you thanks for him and all that he's done for us in the past. But we thank you most of all for Jesus who died that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Amen.